He was awarded the title of eminent engineer by the prestigious and renowned organization Institution of Engineers, which is also known as IEI. He co-founded CityMonday.com, which is a next-generation AI-enabled and smart B2B startup in agri-tech focused on farm to fork. He is the chief mentor for Tara Technologies, which is an AI consulting and training company. He specializes in the areas of software engineering, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. Now he has founded another startup in responsible AI, which is testaing.com, catering to testing AI applications for safety and security. Earlier, he was a principal research scientist and associate vice president at Infosys, where he overlooked the university innovation ecosystem alongside the research and innovation group in Infosys Labs. He is a PhD in artificial intelligence from University of Alberta, Edmonton, Canada, and specializing in artificial intelligence. Prior to PhD, he secured his bachelor's in technology from IIT Kanpur and MTech in computer science from IIT Bombay. His interests include artificial intelligence, machine learning, software engineering, and cybersecurity. Dr. Srinivas Padmanabhuni has to his credit seven granted patents, multiple additional patents in the process, and he has already published a book by Wiley Publishers and has been referred in 100 plus international publications. And he was invited to 400 plus talks across eight countries. And he has mentored and trained 15,000 plus students across the globe on artificial intelligence and related topics. And he has founded four plus startups. Such a fascinating journey. So we are pleased to have. Dr. Srinivas Padmanabhuni as part of TGI and let us get his insights on use of artificial intelligence for software engineering. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, TGV for a Better Future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. So folks, in case if you have not rated our podcast on Apple yet, request you to provide your rating and leave your candid review. Because every rating and review will motivate us to bring in more and more useful content to you. Also, if there is any constructive feedback, it will be taken with the right spirit and you will see us grow. This is your host, Navin Samala, and I have about 18 years of rich and diverse experience in the field of IT. In every episode, we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn some amazing things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact towards the end. Folks, you'll acquire more knowledge by tuning into TGV per every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for tuning in and we're pleased to have Dr. Srinivas part of TGV's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Dr. Srinivas, welcome to TGV. Thanks for the gracious invite. Welcome to be able to contribute to students for their well-being, for their career advice. Always willing to help students. Absolutely. Love what uh, they can achieve. And I hope to be used in your words, the guiding voice for several students. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. 
when i was going through your linkedin profile i was completely amazed i i thought okay i should not delay any further in reaching out to you and have your insight shared to tgv audience and thank you once again for being part of our journey thank you for accepting the invite all right so dr sinuas let's get started and move into our conversation you had a very rich experience both on the corporate side as well as academic side can you share with our audience the top 3 things that have helped you so far in your career yeah so this i think um, i have to quote uh, my i think my mentor i would say mr narayan murthy right i have been at infosys long enough to be under his footsteps i think quoting him i think there are three fundamental things which i have really picked up as part of my journey first and foremost i strongly believe in what is called as learnability and being a lifelong learner so when i say being a lifelong learner it's about there is no limit to learning so today in the fast moving vuca world right volatile uncertain complex adaptive world technologies are changing the way we carry out a process are changing that it is becoming very very difficult to you know survive if you are not constantly adapting and learning so first thing is learnability and being a lifelong learner so you're always learning second thing which is also very important from our perspective i again go back to you know mr narayanmurthy's example he says while you may do very complex it projects but concentrate on fundamentals so when i say i have to develop a bridge right for example in a civil engineering term i don't want to get into the scenario where you did not provision for peak load of a bridge so performance testing of a bridge has to be done on when it is full with vehicles not when it is empty so it's about modeling it's about the mathematical foundation of building your strong software and that is what i strongly believe in that with everything you build whether it's hardware software i think there's ultimately a very strong science and maths behind everything and i'd like to go to the fundamentals so even in my ai courses i strongly lay foundations on statistics and the foundations of algorithms which are very important the third one which is uh, coming as a you know perspective of entrepreneur and the coming as a perspective of being in the business customer is king and end user is the final dictator so you may have very complex technology you may have very complex algorithm but ultimately it has to be vetted by the user end user and customer has to vet it so i like principles like design thinking which helps you know technology guys think from an end user perspective so usability and end user feedback is fundamental to developing any it or hardware any solution so these are three things which i have learned and has helped a lot in my life i love that business uh, bridge example like you can build a bridge but if you are testing it with no load it doesn't make sense probably you have to test it with full load and i resonate with you on the third point that you mentioned about the design thinking part usability and usefulness no matter how niche technology that you are using and how sophisticated product that you are building if it is not used by the customers it doesn't make any sense great great perspectives uh, dr sinwas now let's move on to the next question so ai right it's a buzzword of late for the last 2 to 3 years and it is picking up a lot of momentum so what will be your best definition of ai so to me 
AI is about uh, emulating human intelligence by an intelligent agent. Agent could be software, hardware, or hardware embedded with software. When I say emulating human behavior, it's like a software or a hardware piece trying to do a human action. In doing that, it can be doing better. Sometimes it can be worse. But ultimately, the goal of AI is to emulate human behavior, human actions, and human tasks. So any technology which can enable you to do that, I think, can fall under this whole purview of human em- emulation by AI. So that means I don't explicitly endorse any specific kind of AI. Like, okay, do the machine learning is the big thing or something? Because I've been doing AI for the last 40 years. And in this, I've seen ups and downs of the waves of AI. In sometimes it was expert systems which gave emulations of human behavior by creating a decision support system, which was intelligent. At the same time, in some cases, it was about emulating the behavior with very complex brain-like machine learning systems of today. So, but I don't think complexity of technology is important. Important thing is what are you using to emulate human behavior? Today, it can be at machine learning level. Tomorrow, it can be at brain-machine interface, which can become the mainstream AI. So I don't think the trend of AI, which is today hyped with machine learning, should be taken as a final end goal. It should be treated as a continuum. We're learning from expert systems of previous era, now building deep learning and machine learning systems. Tomorrow, it will be hybrid symbolic reasoning and AI systems because a lot of researchers in our field are working on that. So I think the goal is whatever be the technology, it's about emulating human performance, simulating human capability. That's all it is. Oh, that was very simple and easy to understand. Like It's all about either a software piece or a hardware piece trying to emulate the human behavior to solve a problem. And let's talk about the trends in a while. But before that, let's focus on the core of today's topic, this artificial intelligence and software engineering, right? So right. How, how do they go hand in hand? How AI can help the software engineering? Yeah. So this is what, uh, you know, a lot of people have been uh, kind of, uh, you can say, worried. Because if you look at Indian IT industry, there's a significant percentage of Indian IT industry working in software engineering jobs, like whether it is testing, whether it is infrastructure maintenance or software maintenance, right? So what uh, has happened in the last 10 years is there is a constant uh, no upgradation of the processes which are being used to carry out these operations. So, and these processes are today more and more enabled with data analytics and AI. So, I'll give you a simple example. This is something which is very common in uh, Indian IT, especially in the software management industry, which is trouble ticket management, right? Trouble ticket resolution. So, as part of remote infrastructure management or even at a software management level, it could be at uh, level one, level two, level three, or it could be at bug fix level. But a lot of times tickets are raised and then it's assigned to a you know, specialist who will look at it, understand the problem, diagnose it, and then get back to them with a proper diagnosis as to what system needs to be configured. It could be like, you know, at production support level where you don't need to touch the code. It's about configurations, etc. Or it could be at bug fix level where you go to code and touch something. But I can tell you in the world of uh, these different levels of tech support, infrastructure support and tech support and production support, 
has already been hit by AI. When I say hit, it is in a positive sense because what happens is you can actually looking at the past resolutions of different tickets, right? Using AI where it can understand natural language, understand the causality between what was the two cause of every event or support issue that was raised. You can develop an intelligent decision support system, which is powered by NLP and production rules to actually carry out these in not only improving the time to resolve, but to resolve correctly. And in that process, bringing automation. So I'll give you this one extreme example where AI has been extremely successful. This is production support, where, of course, the pipe product is maybe a lot of uh, you know, maintenance or support engineers which are required will not be required. But that angle can be like they can be you know, geared towards taking up a different job role. Then second area where I feel in terms of IT, I'm not going to BPU area. BPU is a different ballgame altogether, where AI is already penetrated and done a huge thing. But let us say we're today talking about testing. Testing is again a significant component of today's IT industry, right? It's around 20% of Indian industry engineers work in testing. Today, the benefit of all the software tasks, whether testing or requirements design is that a lot of data gets generated, whether it is test plans, whether it is bug fixes, whether it is, you know, test cases, a lot of data gets generated and then it gives scope for use of AI in improving the test procedures. So what the AI has taken on is even in the testing world, it has taken on a very interesting dimension, which is what I call as flexible test automation. Instead of just calling it test automation, the first generation test automation, which is prevailing for the last 10 years, was about scripts, where you could write scripts and write test cases and get it done. But today, the scripts authoring can be done by AI engines, which can look at all the previous scripts and come up with generalities and come up with what we call as a flexible test automation suits. It's automating the automation. It's not just automation. Automation is the first generation, which is scripts, right? But now with a lot of AI-enabled tools like test.ai or testing, a lot of AI-enabled tools like Babel, right? What they're doing is Apply tools. These are all tools which are coming up with the promise of AI to streamline the test automation. So I would say these two areas, like testing and production support, has been massively influenced by AI. But one area I still want to tell you is people don't be scared of coding. AI still not learned to code. People have come up with a lot of fancy projects like GPT, OpenAI pilot for code, which says you can generate code. But I still think program synthesis, which is the technical name for code generation automatically, is still some distance away. And I think that will still remain in the realm of programmers. So I would like to dissect it at these three stages that the level of penetration is highest in production support, then in testing, now in coding, I think it's still some way to go and may not ever happen. So that's what my theory is. So that's where I see influence of AI in different facets of software. In AI. Quite fascinating here because it's going to touch the all the three aspects, development or the coding part of it, testing and the production support. And as you said, uh, development may go a long way. And again, I have another question with regard to that. I'll hold on it for some time. But before that, uh, let's talk about the business part of it. 
like how are the how is the business going to benefit because if you look at the software development earlier like when the in house development used to happen or if you are hiring some contractors and the on prem infrastructure and all every project used to be coming up with a schedule of anywhere between 6 months to 3 years depending on the complexity and all so again now now that there is fierce competition in the market like is uh, ai in software engineering going to help the business at least from the fttm perspective like fast time to market or any other dimension that you would like to add on correct so today you're very right so there are two elements to this one is ai improving current productivity and overall you know life cycle today in the world of agile and devops you know we are working towards shorter time cycles so if you can have an ai enabled nlp enabled you know requirement understanding engine which can formulate test cases just by looking at requirements it's highly productive right even if it can generate template stubs on which you can further improve it can improve the productivity of analysts same way if you look at from the perspective of maintenance of large scale production scripts just like we said production support even in devops there is a lot of role ai can play so what i'm saying is i think bringing in ai and intelligent technologies into improving the efficiency of the end to end life cycle is definitely going to be a huge hit but at the same time i wanted to bring a really different perspective to this whole thing which is that ai can do the impossible also i'll give you an example let's say you are a software company which is building 5g networks and believe me 5g networks are so complex that it has hundreds of configuration parameters and if you really want to develop a system to be able to try and test all the configurations and the explosive number of combinations there is no way a human can actually do that you have to bring in a machine learning and an ai enabled automated configuration testing tool which maybe would have been impossible it would take probably years for if you take a manual effort to do this kind of a testing in such a complex world same thing is happening in look at lot of large cloud software build lots of switches lots of configurations and those things it cannot be done in a human effort it has to be done autonomously with ai enabled agents so the second facet is very fascinating where ai can go where no human has gone which is handling millions of configuration parameters testing them developing them maintaining them and autonomously reconfigure them that's important autonomous means recovery recoverable autonomous recovery where it failed autonomously recovers from failure also autonomously so i think the first facet where it improves the current production life cycles yes but second one is even more promising in many domains where it's hugely complex and highly configurable i think ai has to come in wow so it's going to shorten the development life cycle and one uh, amazing thing which i liked uh, in your answer is about the uh, using the nlp for requirement analysis because that will avoid the ambiguity and whatever the iterations that the development and business teams are going to undergo that can be shortened right correct correct that's basically that's also the other side i was telling about production support being done by ai you have lesser scope for errors yeah. same Absolutely. thing in requirement 
you, when you bring machines, there there is less scope for errors or human waste errors yeah. and less iterations. Yeah, it makes sense. Now let's uh, flip the coin and talk about from the developers or the software engineers' perspective. Are there any benefits for them through this AI in software engineering? Yes. So today, if I see, I get again. Let's say developers' perspective of, you know, let's take a simple use case of uh, auto code complete. Today, though I've said AI may not completely replace programmers, but I can safely say I can assist programmers. For example, with the auto code pilot example of OpenAI, right? This is basically they've de- developed a auto code complete kind of engine. For developers who are developing code, they can get templatized code as they were written part of the code, they'll auto complete the code. And that's a huge benefit because this is based on learning from lots of practical code pieces. And second thing is, if you're looking at uh, anti-patterns, right? Let's say you're introducing security backholes or you're introducing performance anti-patterns. And if there is a guardian angel, right? Sitting, guarding your code for these anti-patterns and flags you. Oh, you have introduced this pattern which is going to potentially lead to vulnerability. Or you're going to introduce this pattern which is going to lead to so-and-so performance bottleneck. And then it also suggests what changes to be done. So what I'm saying is not theory. It's actually being practiced in large organizations like Microsoft, Google, where they have AI-enabled this guardian angels, which actually look at the code being checked in. And only when they are satisfied, the code gets checked in. So it's not just rule-based. It's actually intelligent agent sitting there, which is looking for patterns, anti-patterns. So think about the productivity of the developers who don't have to constantly look at, oh, am I introducing an anti-pattern? Am I introducing some vulnerability? If there's a guardian engine sitting there, they can actually sit there and comfortably write the functional side of code. And I think the final product will be far more effective. Yeah. I, I could sense some sort of proactivity in this entire gamut of things, right? You can come across some of the vulnerabilities which will be exposed beforehand. Before. And it is going to significantly save the uh, rework. So it will cause shift left, what we yeah. call a shift left, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes absolute sense. And it also reminded me about uh, the early stage IDs like uh, Eclipse and all. Right. It had uh, some auto code generation okay, ba- based on the type of uh, Java. So those were based on more templatized. Templatized, yeah. Yeah, yeah. ASL, domain specific mm-hmm. language. But mm-hmm. it's going to be taken to the next level. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what I'm seeing is with code pilot and all, it's going to take it more similar lines, but more contextual and more smarter templates rather than simple templates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes more sense to me now. All right. So there are significant developers, so, uh, significant benefits for the developers out here by having this AI part and parcel of the software engineering. But there is a fear in the industry, right? AI is going to take away the jobs and all. Right. So what is your take? Will AI take away the software engineering jobs? So I would have loved to present you a slide where I recently got from World Economic Forum, where they actually gave a actual figure that if 1.8 million jobs are going to be lost, 2.5 million jobs are going to be generated. 
So that's the good news. Because the way I would look at it is when banks were getting ATMs, bank employees went on the road, right? My job, what will happen? Or railway reservation was automated with CNC, right? Or Hyderabad-based company. There was a whole hue and cry from railway employees. But today, can you think of any reservation which is manual, any bank which is without ATM? What happened? The companies reoriented the employees to work towards newer skills. So same thing is happening here in the world of AI, especially I told you about production support, BPO, right? These people are getting smarter. So today, an earlier BPO engineer who was doing manually the entire process is now, instead of that, getting retrained and becoming a UiPath certified you know, process engineer, which is like he's to now write more intelligent scripts using AI tool like UiPath. So I think reorienting with some learnability will be the mantra. So even in the AI world, let me tell you the truth of the matter is it's not like intelligence comes cheap. If you go to a site like Crowdflower or Precise BPO Solution, there are many companies. They are the workhorse of AI. They're sitting there doing a lot of data preparation, data labeling for making sure that the AI systems work. So AI has created a new industry altogether in the BPO, which is called as the AI labeling industry. And that's a huge opportunity. At the same time, there's a new breed of testers who are now out there to test AI systems. In fact, three years back, we launched the world's first AI testing certification. And it is so popular. We already trained more than 2,500 testers across the globe, translated in nine languages in 10 countries. And now it's been adopted by ISTQB, which is the world standards body for testing. And they have launched our syllabus as the testing for AI testing. And on the basis of that is my latest startup, testaig.com, for the product for testing AI applications. So testing will never go away. In one time, it was mainframe. Another time, it was web. Then it was Android. Now it is testing AI applications. So think about it. The same tester now has reoriented itself. So that's a classic example. I'm leaving the example of that. I'm giving a new life to earlier testers who feel their jobs may go away in conventional manual testing. They're coming to now testing new systems. So I think that's the mantra. Reorient, relearn, and you're safe. And repurpose. <laughs> and repurpose. And every, and every generation will generate newer kind of jobs with more efficient kind of a job requirement, more intelligent, more brain usage. Because menial jobs, as I said, BPO, they will be going out. So you cannot always say that I will remain at that level. I may have to, that's the past of human evolution, right? Your productivity has to go on improving. That's the only way economies can improve. Wonderful. I love those examples of uh, ATMs as well as the railway reservation. Like, And the future seems to be very rosy here. And uh, thanks for presenting that fact by the World uh, Economic Forum. Like, If, if 1.8 million jobs are going, you're getting 2.5 million jobs which are creative. And moreover, these are not mundane activities which can be automated, yes. right? So, which is quite exciting. And uh, I think uh, all the young generation can focus on learning those key skills okay which are going to have a longer shelf life and be adaptable that's that's my takeaway from this all right so this has been phenomenal conversation dr shinivas i'm loving every bit of it let me move on to the last uh, question from the ai perspective what what is the evolution and trends that you are seeing in the ai space okay so as i said 
last uh, since 2012 breakthrough in the ai imagenet competition we seeing ai engulfed with deep learning that's the hottest and latest and that's what is responsible for moving ai from you know academic thinking to practical applications today like all the medical imaging technologies or whether it is uh, all the kind of machine learning based applications but the future actually i see is uh, there are multifold challenges which are still remaining the first and foremost is the concept of batch learning right today if you need a machine learning you need a huge bunch of data has to be put into a batch and then you get an ai model out instead can you create a dynamically learning scenario where as and when new experiences new data keeps coming you keep self learning so more and more of this brand of machine learning called as reinforcement learning will become mainstream which is closer to the way humans do a baby learns by falling and then learning to walk so i think reinforcement learning with all its variants are going to be very much going forward will be mainstream second is this concept of uh, you know earlier people were talking about creating ai in software but today there is a lot of hardware development that's happening in ai the chips being developed for ai there is general purpose chips like tpus or gpus but then there are special purpose asics etc created for ai a lot of hardware development for ai focused inference as well as for training will happen so big guys are all going to concentrate on that the third is what is called as responsible ai which is where my startup works which is saying that don't think of ai as only for automation just by creating ai we need to lower our safeguards so we have to create a responsible aware ai where you can trust you can explain you can test and certify that you're not doing something which is violating security or privacy or ethics or bringing biases etc so i think future ai will be more responsible because there's a lot of awareness now in the system that first generation of ai was just get ai to automate but then they gave up on some of the you know safety they're now they're bringing it back so governments and ai engineers are working together to bring responsible ai and last but not the least i think where it's going to really take off in a big way is what we call as uh, few shot learning or one shot learning or something which is basically today if you are to look at the way machine learning happens it is tons of data but future is talking about one shot learning or future learning is from just limited data can you learn because that's going to be more practically applicable than going through the current process which is contains a lot of data first gathering label them then you do the ai current deep learning which has to transform to more efficient ai so i think these four trends is what i would bet but as i said you no know, sky is the limit so we don't know for example people are already talking neural networks is dead bayesian belief network is the next way so you can see deep bayesian networks may be the more realistic so i think but directions will be like hardware for ai more self learning more repetitive learning learning from experience more responsible ai this will be key trends wow very insightful dr srinivas and this conversation has been fabulous so far and we have touched upon various aspects of uh, artificial intelligence and how ai can be applied in software engineering we touched upon the jobs and the future trends 
let us lighten up the conversation by adding some spice to it so if you are okay i'm going to ask you a few interesting rapid fire questions which you can answer okay. briefly <laughs> all right thank you thank you for volunteering let me move on to my first question so dr sinwas given a chance would you time travel to past or future i would uh, rather go into the future okay fair enough <laughs> moving on given a chance which celebrity would you like to meet elon musk no wonder <laughs> all right here comes my next one out of the rapid fire what technology or invention would you like to see i'd like to see quantum computing in every aspect of life which will improve the performance of every chip by order of magnitude okay great uh, here comes my next one money or fame and why i think uh, fame all right that was quick let me move on to the last one for the rapid fire what is one message that you would like to give to your own younger version okay i think uh, in retrospect i should have been more business savvy early on in life wow <laughs> great that was uh, it quick an interesting rapid fire and with that let me flip back to the mainstream and ask you one question for this conversation so dr sinos what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers okay so only thing this may sound a bit counterintuitive be practical get hands on take part in hackathons take part in online coding competitions get yourself a github profile instead of cv flash your github profile i think doing is the best form of displaying your skill so for that whatever is required so again ambibit antithesis grades don't matter practical experience matters so i have seen in startups people who are 10th fail but are excellent programmers and they are great asset for the company so that's a message i have practice practice solve real problems today there are ample venues ample hackathons ample if you are in data scientists you can go to kaggle you can go to hacker rank hacker earth create your profiles there's tons of competition you can take every day in hyderabad or bangalore there's some hackathon event happening be aware take part be proactive that's the way companies can lap you up even without a formal degree very profound set of thoughts out there and extremely extremely helpful so for all those youngsters who are listening to this conversation i think these are like pearls of wisdom which will definitely help you in succeeding first of all launching a career as well as having a sustainable career right so thank you so much dr sinwas for those amazing tips and thank you again for being part of tgv's journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe thank you thanks for the opportunity navin thank you all right so folks before we move into the previous section here is a request to you if you have loved this episode just like i did and if you found it useful please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues or whoever can benefit from this show because the more you share the wider we reach and we will get closer to our mission of reaching millions across the globe thank you so much in advance 
without further ado let's hop on to the previous segment of today's episode and today's topic was about ai in software engineering let's get some facts around artificial intelligence so folks if you have noticed most of the voice assistants which are ai based or female like apple's siri and amazon's alexa or microsoft's cortana and even google assistant all of them having female voices and also year 2025 is going to be year of pet bots and last fact that i would like to share as part of today's conversation is ais have nationalities and passports i know most of you are trying to recall but let me tell you sofia which was a life like humanoid has gained guaranteed citizenship of saudi arabia it it has become a center of attack, attraction a few years ago likewise we are going to see many more humanoids in this space the future seems to be bright let me know what you think in the comment section wherever you find us thank you so much for tuning in there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye we're signing off for today see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest and an amazing topic and in case if you would like to see any other 